Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of the Women in Economics Initiative podcast. This is the fourth episode of a new podcast series on the econ job market. The goal of this series is to collect valuable information about the job market, to gather tips on how to ace it, and finally to discuss the experiences of previously successful candidates. I'm Jelena Todorovic-Bojevic, head of the events at WE, and your host this year. Today, I'm joined by Elisa Facchetti, a postdoctoral fellow at the Institute for Fiscal Studies and the Assistant Professor of Economics at the University of Rome Tor Vergata as of fall next year. Elisa's research interests lie in applied microeconomics, economics of crime, economics of education, and public economics. In this episode, we will discuss the job market interviews and how one should prepare for them. Dear Elisa, welcome to the WE podcast. I'm so happy to have you as a guest. Hi, Elena. It's great to be here with you. <laughs> Amazing. So why don't we start by telling your academic story such that people know how your academic path went so far and uh, how was it to be on the job market? Yes, so let me tell you as briefly as I can my story. I think my story is not probably the most typical one, so it might be interesting for some of us. Um, so I'm from Italy, I'm from Milan. Um, the first important point of my choice and my pattern towards economics was while I was at high school. So, you know, in the last year of high school in Italy, we choose what to study next. And a nice anecdotal event that I can tell you about my choice is that one of my professors brought us to a conference. In this conference, they were showcasing women in STEMs, specifically professionals doing um, science-related jobs. And that was the, the, the first moment where I thought, okay, so I could do that as well. So it's really an anecdote which plays in favor of the role model type of argument, although this is not what I study. Uh, so this, this was the first part. And the second part was then I went to what was going to be in my university. It was the head of school who was giving an introductory talk explaining what economics is, because I had no clue what economics is, to be honest. Unfortunately, we don't study the school. Exactly. We don't study it. So the idea was, you know, economics is about money. Maybe we knew something about inflation or... Uh... You work in a bank probably and that's it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and so during this, this introductory talk, this head of school was making some examples. And I remember these examples where he was telling us, Thanks to economics, you can understand what would be the consequences for the commuting patterns of citizens of raising the price of a, of a tube ticket. Uh, and I remember I was taking the tube every day and I was thinking that it was too congested and I was thinking about what could be a potential way to solve this issue. And for me, that was amazing. I mean, these are typical urban economic questions, a uh, question that we might... Um, ask ourselves. And so because of this, then I decided to study economics. Um, so I studied economics, I did my bachelor and master in Milan. And then uh, at the end of it, I wasn't really sure what to do next. 
Um, especially what I wanted to do, uh, to be honest with you, was to travel. So I went to China for like seven months. And then I said, okay, let's try what it is to work in the private sector. So I went to Brussels and then I was working in a consulting company, like an economic consulting company for a bit more than a year. And while I was doing there, I just realized that I needed more rigor and in-depth analysis in my life. I had all these questions that I wanted to understand and simply these questions couldn't be answered in very short time um, framing. So because of this, I went back to my alma mater, Bocconi, and I went to work as a research assistant for a professor. There. And, and while I was doing that, I applied for, um, for PhDs. And then I went on. Yeah, but probably this detour also made me very motivated in what I was going to do next. Thank you so much for sharing your story because I really love to see and always hear what people have to say, how they ended up in economics, how they ended up doing uh, their PhDs, and then thirdly, how they ended up in academia. Because I think path for every one of us is so different and people could really invent another story if they were just to read your CV but then when they hear how it went on in your head and that it took you some time to realize what you like I hope that uh, it will alleviate some fear that some other people might feel because they, they don't know what is their next step so thank you for sharing this powerful story I'm sure that it will encourage someone that it is absolutely all right to take all your time until you figure out what you would like to do next Now, after you have finished your PhD, you went on for the job market and we have heard in the intro that you indeed landed at two amazing places, first as a postdoc at the IFS and then you also will become assistant professor at University of Rome, Tor Vergata, and both places are indeed amazing. But now we are interested to discuss this part in the meantime, how it came about And our topic for today would be to go a bit more in depth about the interviews. So could you tell us, based on your experience and everything that you have seen, how interviews look like, how long do they take, what is their structure, what are some of the most common questions? So let's quickly introduce what are interviews during the job market to people who are listening to the episode. Of course. So interviews, so I did my job market last year and all interviews were online. So my experience will refer to online interviews by my understanding is also that this year they're going to be online. So hopefully this experience is useful to this year candidates as well. Um, in general, interviews, they all have a very structured structure. So uh, they, they are all structured in the same way, meaning their length is around half an hour. Majority of cases really 30 minutes. It can be 25, it can be 40, not more than 30 in my experience. And then they, the committee, you would face a committee of three, four, five people. Um, And they would ask you more or less always the same questions. The good thing is that candidates can really prepare on them and the likelihood to have surprises is very low. 
So they would start by asking to introduce yourself and then to talk about your job market paper. On this, the spiel becomes fundamental. So you need to be very prepared on these first sentences where you introduce yourself and you start and you start talking about the job market paper. We can then zoom in into this part, but let's first give an overview of the structure. After 10 minutes that you have talked about your job market papers, maybe they've asked you other questions depending on how the conversation goes. The second part would be on your research agenda. So they would ask you, please introduce yourself in terms of your broader research agenda. And then maybe they would ask you to zoom in into a, another uh, particular project. So also we can zoom in on the second part uh, afterwards, but the idea would be that you prepare some small spiel for each other projects, especially the most developed ones. In the final part of, of this conversation, uh, which is eventually a conversation, they would ask you some other questions. It, it could be something on teaching, but it could also be broadly why you are interested in joining them, so in, in, in applying to the position. And, and this is an important part because for them, it's important to understand whether you have some serious interest in, in, in joining that department or that place. And the last part, uh, they would always ask you, do you have any questions for us? And then you need to think about whether you want to ask questions, but this is highly debated, or whether you just want to conclude with some statements where you emphasize your interest for that position. Thank you for a nice overview of the structure. Could we now go part by part yes. and discuss whether maybe some best strategies to prepare for each of those? How do you practice? Um, where should you be most confident? What kind of signals should you send? Because this really seems that you have to do lots of homework before you go uh, to those interviews. Yes. So the truth is that you need to be very prepared. Um, and there is no a shortcut on that. Um, especially for the first part, you need to know your spiel by heart. So what is the spiel, first of all? Those are some sentences, uh, like a proper speech, where you introduce yourself, you have a first punchline where you summarize in one sentence the main message of your job market paper, so what you do. And then you start explaining why do you do that, why this is interesting, how do you do that, and your results. Now, you really need to think about it in a similar way in which you structure the first slides of your presentation. So you have the motivation of the paper, the context that you analyzed and the empirical strategy or the model that, that, that you develop and then your main results and your conclusions. You need to be, first of all, as co comprehensible by, by anyone as possible, meaning in front of you, you're not going to have people in your fields who know the literature, who know the techniques, but you also are going to have people in different fields. And they need to understand the importance of your paper and what you do in general. So the important part of the spiel is that you need to be, in a way, as general as possible, but at the same time, you also want to be precise. Mm. I see. I, I, and I see why this is not easy task. 
but no. it is as if people told you try to think how you would explain your project to your grandma but then make it a bit more technical because grandma might not understand what difference in difference is but people in economics let's assume that uh, many of them it's would, would both know it. in a way the tricky part is that you need to be again as general as possible you need to have these like sexy punchlines that everyone understand but then of course you need to show that you know your stuff and this is difficult um, and the only way in which you can prepare is to repeat it to as many people as you can, your advisors, faculty in your department, faculty outside your department, friends, peers, peers outside academia. Uh, I was also recording myself and then I was listening to myself to kind of understand what was my flow, whether I had a flow um how did it sound that's awesome so maybe one very trivial question for someone who really doesn't know how it works are you allowed to use any slides or everything has to be verbal so you need to tell a story basically without yes. support of any slides no no my in my experience you 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 couldn't have any slide also is and also in in person interviews mm -hmm. it was just you and the committee But that seems really that this opening is key and that if you nailed that one, you set a nice tone for the rest of the conversation because yes. then you're also more confident in yourself. And... Exactly. Yes. I think one, one thing I'd like to add is that this is also important for your own confidence. Yes. If you are very confident in, in, in your openings and you know that you know your stuff, then you're more confident and you feel more in charge throughout the interview. Thanks a lot for discussing that and for telling us some of the secrets. So if we move to the second part of the interview, which is discussing your research agenda, how does it work? Do you only discuss uh, working papers that you have on your CV or on your website? Or do you actually have some kind of research statement of what you would like to do in the future and where do you see yourself working? So to me, that, that was not very clear. What do people mean by discussing your research agenda? Yeah, this depends on the interviews. But let's say that you have discussed your job market paper. Now, importantly, going back to the previous part, it is possible that you have some ideas stemming from your job, job market papers. You can also connect them uh, while you explain it. But then in this second part, I guess the committee want to understand what is your broader agenda. So often what candidates have, uh, I mean, people who I talk to uh, and myself, I had um, an initial sentence where I was explaining very broadly what I am interested in. And then I was ready to zoom in into a, a specific other project that would nicely fit my agenda. Uh, I'd say that it, is, it makes sense to talk about projects which are already, on which you already have a draft. Because also in that case, people might be interested in them. They might ask you, okay, how do you, how do you answer to these questions? And so you want to have, again, precise answers that show that you are prepared. I wouldn't encourage 
a candidate to talk about just ideas. Because then if it's just an idea, you cannot be very specific and it might seem, oh, this one really doesn't doesn't know what he or she exactly. is doing. So exactly. yes. I, I see why it is the advantage to actually talk about something that you have also worked on for, for some time and where you can answer some, some more specific questions rather yes. than if they ask you, how would you do it? And then you say, oh, I would find some kind of a nice data set or I would write a model. It's much better. Yes, you... exactly. And in this part, as, as in, the, in the previous part, you want to show that you, again, you know your stuff, you know your tools, you have thought deeply and carefully through your ideas and how you, you, you can implement them. You want to showcase your potential in a way as a researcher. What I can conclude from that is, indeed, your job market paper is key output and something that um, brings you into the game. But then also, you somewhat it is somewhat nice to connect all other work that you have done during your PhD and really nicely prepare all of that other papers and connect them to your broader research agenda. So now I think that I understand much better yes. what people think about when they mentioned research agenda. Yes, awesome. exactly. Yes. And then if we were to go to the last part, you'd then say that they could, for example, ask you about teaching or they could ask you why you would like to join. So could you also give us some tips, uh, what would be useful to mention for either of, of the questions? Yes. So um, the questions on teaching, as all the other questions, you should have prepared them. Again, I haven't said so, but it's very useful to just write down all the questions, both related to your papers, related to your, sorry, to your job market paper, related to all the other papers, and also related to teaching. What I had is a very long list of questions, and I was typing down all the answers, and then I was repeating them. Um, so questions could be, what kind of course would you like to teach? Uh, what's your teaching experience? And, and I mean, this is more of a standard question. So just say your experience and you say what you would like to teach depending on your uh, expertise. So the most important part also in this case is that you show that you have prepared yourself. I mean, I'm repeating myself, but this is very important. Sometimes, especially the most teaching related position might ask you to think about how you would structure the syllabus of the course you could teach. Is it also important and does someone ask what were your grades when students were rating you or is it more about um, how do you envision your teaching and what do you think your capacity is? Yes, it's, it's, it's a bit uh, of the two. Um, they would ask you what's your experience and then how you would structure a course and what do you think is important to give students in terms of teaching material, teaching support, teaching philosophy. Again, again, all of the questions might seem easy, but are super tricky to answer. So I would say my main conclusion for all three parts, do your homework really well, write your questions down, try to talk to as many people around, both for feedback, but also maybe for inspiration of what kind of questions would they ask for any of the related topics. And, and then you really have to yeah, sit down and, and prepare those things on your own. Nice. Yes. 
And you said that it also could be important how you, of course, answer the question, why would you like to join specifically our department? So what do you think would be some of the good signals to, to send to the department such that they know that you are really interested in joining exactly them? Yes. So the last part is important to uh, communicate your motivation and, and your drive to join the department. And you can show this by having done some search on, on them as well. So first of all, when you receive the invitation for an interview, they would tell you who are the members of the committee. So the first thing is look, look for these members on, on the internet, on their websites, check what they do, check their research, check whether you might have some complementarities with them and, and show during the interview that you know them, you know what they do. That's one first point. The second one is you need to show that you have done your search on the department in general. And so just communicate that you've done so and that you have thought how you could contribute to the department, who you can work with. Show that you might like the work of somebody as well. But anyway, give some hints that this is not just an, a non-personal interview, but that you know who you're talking to. Yes. Yes. So to me, again, the conclusion is do your homework before your interview and, and uh, prepare well. So overall, main point of preparation for the interviews would definitely be do your homework. As yes. most of the interviews this year as well would be online. I guess then, then your job is even harder because you want to make a good impression but you're doing it online and then it's a bit more impersonal than if you were to do it in person. So what would be some your additional tips on how to really leave a good impression during the interview that is held online? Yes, so that's a, that's a tricky question. And it I think is. the answer is a bit personal in a yes. way. Um, but you're right, given that you are online, it's more difficult to have this personal contact that would be much easier with the, if, if we were in person. So one thing I, I, I would do is that I would try to look at the camera and also move a bit around. So I'm Italian, I move a lot my, my, my hands. So this helps. Um, but some other people, for instance, they would have the interviews standing and this would help them as well, feeling more into the interview. Just make connection with the people, look at what they do, try to, to understand their reactions, try to imitate as much as possible what would be your reaction to their behavior if you were in the same room. Maybe also the tone of the voice might help. Try to be lively. Try to make some pauses for you need to and not where you don't yes 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 but overall bring in some positive energy so try to be as positive even though we know that you're under loss of pressure because because then your chances of getting invited for the next stage are probably increased exactly and then in a way it's it's a very it's very easy to understand when you like a person or not mm -hmm. so think about 
all the time that you've seen some seminars or some conferences of online and you, th- you thought, okay, I really like the way this speaker speaks. I really like the way she or he behave and try to, to imitate them. Thanks a lot. Those tips were also super, super valuable. And I'm sure that people will appreciate those. Last question that I have for you when it comes to the interviews is uh, scheduling them and creating your interview schedule. So it could be that some people who are listening to us are not aware, but when the interview stage comes, schedules can be very tight and you can have a couple of interviews per day. So could you also tell us from your experience, how many interviews did you have? Um, what could be some strategies of where to put more important interviews or not? Um, should you be fast when you reply to their emails and grab the, the slots first? So how does it work in general and what, what could you advise us to do? Yes, so I know a lot of candidates are very stressed about the scheduling of of the interviews. So I think this is an important point. Um, So first of all, again, at some point you're going to receive invitations for the interviews. And then you will have uh, some links that you click on. And then you have a list of slots that you might choose from. Now, these are on a first come, first served basis which means, of course, the faster you are, the more likely you will, uh, you will be to have flexibility in choosing the slot you prefer. At the same time, there are some strategies, but what I want to say first is that candidates do not have to overstress about their scheduling. I mean, if you don't manage to put the interview, your favorite interview exactly in the slot that you'd like to put them, it's fine. Everything is going to be all right. So because I think there's a lot of stress on this as, as if that was uh, pivotal for, for the, the outcome of the interview, it's not the case. Given that, of course, you'd, you would like to have the interview scheduled in, in your, in your uh, most favorite way. One, some people, they'd prefer to put their uh, interviews with their favorite department in the middle of the day, or at least not as the first interview ever. Simply because you learn by doing, so maybe the first interview ever, you still need to adjust, and then by the by the end of the day or the end of the days, you're going to be very trained on doing them. Maybe you don't want to put them in the last spots, simply because then you are more tired and the commission is likely to be more tired as well. But then again, it's not that if the only chance you have is to have this interview with your favorite department at the end of the day, then you don't have any possibility of making it. Like my experience was that I, I had a fly out from both my first interview ever and my last interview ever. <laughs> so, uh, exactly speaking against the importance of when it actually is and speaking in favor of what matters is your preparation, actually. Exactly. One important thing instead is to try not to have one interview after the other. Okay. If you can allow yourself at least half an hour, that's for sure better because you need some break between interviews. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that. And usually, in your opinion, what would be the best way to use those breaks in between if you have them? So, for example, you're very unhappy about the first interview that had, but you should not let that affect the second one. So how would you usually use those breaks? Would you go around to the kitchen at your department and talk to people? Would you rather stay in your office? So what have you done, basically? Yeah, it really depended. Well, in general, after each interview, you have this boost of adrenaline and you have all this energy uh, and you don't know exactly what to do with this energy. So what I was doing often was to go for walks. I would just go outside and go for a walk. Sometimes I wanted to have company. Sometimes instead I preferred to be by, by myself. Sometimes I just wanted to call some friends and, and have some emotional support and, you know, just have an outlet on which I could just say how the interview went. So I think there's not one good or bad answer, but just allow yourself to have a range of possibilities that you can use. As you say, one can think about that maybe in advance, but also do as you feel in that specific moment. So it's really not crucial. You should not plan every second of of everything. Prepare for the key parts and then go with the flow and see what what your body needs, what your mind needs, and and just follow your instinct. Just have the, the tricky part, I think, of the online interviews is that you're basically in a room by yourself until when the camera gets on. So maybe you can keep the, the few minutes just before the interview to just breathe and empty your mind and just repeat yourself. Okay, I'm ready, I'm prepared. And then and then you go. Some some nice self-affirmations can be helpful. That's good. If you could tell one thing to everyone who is about to have their interviews in a couple of days especially when it comes to interviews, what would that be? Another tricky question, Yelena. Super tricky. (laughs) I I only ask tricky questions. Yes, well, my main advice is really trust yourself. So candidates are put under loads of pressure in the weeks before the market. And before it's for the, the packaging, then it's for the application, then it's for the spiel and the interviews. So I think 99.9% of the candidates, they arrive to the interview stage and they are super well prepared. Despite the thoughts of, oh my God, I don't know this one, I don't remember this one and so on and so forth. The the truth is that candidates are very well prepared. They should just trust, trust themselves and just go with the flow. Indeed, these people, they are very much interested in your profile. They've chosen you among a tons of other candidates who are equally prepared. So for sure, they are there to listen to you. Just make good use of their attention. And then often it's, it's just fun. If you like your papers and your research, you're talking about, about your research for, for a long time. And this is fun. 
it's true it's true thank you a lot for closing off this topic for us and for sharing all of those valuable tips i really enjoyed a lot and i'm sure that people can really take lots of notes and tips for themselves especially if they're preparing for the job market and and for interviews this year but also for the upcoming generations that might might listen to us uh, in the next couple of years Thank you so much, Elisa, for being my guest. It was a pleasure talking to you and listening to your experience. Thank you, Yelena. I had great fun. <laughs> Amazing. And also to our audience, thanks a lot for listening to this episode. I really hope that you have found lots of amazing tips that Elisa has shared with us. Stay tuned as we will discuss another very important topic uh, that is part of the job market, And those are flyouts. Bye-bye. Bye. The views expressed in We Podcasts are those of the interviewers and the guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of the organization, its partners, other members, or any other affiliated people and organizations. We'd also like to thank Maddie Stevenson for writing and recording our original theme song. For anyone who would like to learn more about the Women in Economics Initiative, please find us online as well as on most social media channels.